Good evening, Monadnock Region, and welcome to the Space Lounge. This is Go Mo Tonight, and I'm here with a couple of folks, my lovely co-host. Zoe Rotenheinsman. And we've got a special guest today. Fire Chief Ed Walker. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you for joining us, Chief Walker. We are here, of course, to talk about the number one story in the Monadnock Region, which is the ongoing discussion over the new proposed fire station. So let's uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Yeah, there there are a ton of resources online about this that I don't know if everyone knows. Um, if you go to the town of Peterborough's website, there's a little pop up that'll that'll link you to a, a site that's got all kinds of really interesting facts, figures, diagrams, presentations. One of which is Chief Walker leading us on a tour of the current Peterborough Fire Station. But for people who haven't watched that video, can you start us off telling us a little bit about what's the state of the current fire station? What's the history of it? What are what are we working sure. on? Sure. So first of all, thank you for uh, having me on here. I know you touched a little bit in episode 17, and that was sort of what sparked my interest um, in looking at that. So the building the Peterborough Fire Department is in now is at 16 Summer Street. Um, the department moved in here in 1971. Um, and prior to us moving here, it was a DPW garage. It was built in 1948 for the DPW. There have been a couple of additions since then and some renovations. They added one bay down to the fire end of the building, put the room in the back that's now used as our dormitory. We've reconfigured um, the space here to accommodate offices and some day room space now that we have full-time staff, full-time fire chief, full-time EMS providers. Um, but the only other time that the town of Peterborough actually built a fire station was back in the 19th century when they built a building that still stands on Main Street and is now apartments. Wow. Yeah. So, so no, no dedicated fire station since, since the, the 19th, 19th century. century. Yeah. So what we're, what we're looking for now is to build a new fire station. Um, you know, and again, you know, kudos to Zoe for doing a little bit of research there. Um, PeterRprojects.info is the official web website you'll be led to. Um, but this discussion really started with the community in 2004 when the town hired Weller and Michael. Um, to come here, Michael and Weller, to come in and do a study of all the municipal facilities. They looked at DPW, fire, police, recreation, and sort of try to determine what needed. And at that time, there was the decision or the determination that the fire department had outgrown their facility. Um, we were just starting to do what we called day staffing back then, which was moving from an all-call model to a model that had some people in the building during the day to respond to fire ambulance calls. Um, that was a big shift. And since that time, we've continued to grow. Um, we now have four people in this building 24 hours a day, seven days a week to respond to ambulance calls, um, dedicated day staff, myself as a full-time fire chief, full-time deputy VMS, uh, other cadre of officers and admin assistant. Um, so the, the mission and the scope of the department has really changed considerably in those years. So despite the fact that the the building itself is not adequately sized for what we do as a department, the building's old. It was built in the 40s. It leaks. Columns have sank. Um, you know, there it's outdated electrical. The, you know, one of the biggest considerations or biggest issues now that is facing the fire service is occupational cancer. And although, you know, some of the gear that we wear contributes to that, you know, having the ability to separate clean from dirty is huge. I mean, our apparatus floor, mm -hmm. if you ever come down and visit or if you look at the video, you see our apparatus floor. There's basically an outside door that same as you have as a front door to your house separating us from the diesel exhaust. 
Um, our, our bathrooms and our dormitories are really in the same situation. So the 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 fact that building wasn't designed to be a fire station also beyond programmatic necessities or programmatic problems leads to the fact that there are some significant health and safety issues for the employees here. Yeah, and I, yeah. I think that's a very serious yeah. thing that um, people in, in a lot of cases may not be aware of. And but as as much as people are aware, I do think that we're sort of at the point where there is at least that general agreement that something must be done. And which is great because as, as you pointed out, this discussion started in 2004, um, which when you said that it reminded me a little bit of, um, when they were doing the bridge presentation for, um, when we, you know, prior to voting on, on the bridge project and, you know, they, they showed us, um, you know, recommendations that had been made in like the late nineties, you know, and that, um, it's unfortunate that that seems to be the pace of, uh, of, of, of actually accomplishing something is that like you kind of notice that it's wrong. And then a few decades later, maybe people will be willing to, to take care of it. We're certainly, I, I was going to say at that point, but probably beyond that point, I think, I think everybody listening would agree that it's a shame for, for any town really, but especially a town like Peterborough to have a facility that's, you know, frankly, putting our, fire and rescue personnel at risk um yeah no i mean i i agree with that i think part of part of the part of it too is when you look at a community perspective is the priorities um i've been here till the eight years in may that i've been the chief of the fire department um you know when i first started here on the ambulance side the transfer service was really just getting up and running the need for paramedics both 911 and transfer was really just um was just sort of becoming well known so we had a big focus on our staffing and on, on on creating an operational model that was successful for the ambulance service. You know, we had apparatus that really needed to be replaced and was outdated. So that was sort of our focus. And I don't want to say the building took a back seat, but if you don't have a sound operational model, if you don't have good staffing, if you don't have good apparatus, then being in a beautiful building doesn't mean the needs of the community are being met. So we really have been right. fortunate to get through that. And with the support of the taxpayers, um, you know, have a great operational model on the ambulance side. We have a solid foundation for our apparatus and our equipment. <clears throat> and now we are sort of back to a position we can focus on the building. And there have been other projects in the town, you know, whether you look at the bridge, um, you know, the library sliding itself in there, you know, the DPW garage and other things. I mean, now we have Cold Stone Springs coming online because, you know, again, public water supply is a huge necessity and a critical asset for the community. Um, we've gotten in there. One one other, you know, problem, I think, with the fire station is the town has been incredibly fortunate in the past, whether it's the Main Street Bridge Project through federal and state funding, the, you know, townhouse renovations through some LCHIP and community preservation money, the down the main street, the excuse me, the library through private donations. Even when you look at the Main Street Bridge or the Union Street Bridge in West Peterborough, offsets with TIF funds, that they've been able to leverage things beyond taxpayers funding programs. And, you know, unfortunately, there aren't a lot of resources out there to replace fire stations. So I think one mm -hmm. of the other things mm -hmm. that has de somewhat delayed the conversation is there aren't a lot of offsets for this. You know, unfortunately, we're in a situation where the taxpayers are going to be paying the lion's share of this. I mean, we will be able to get 
grant funding for some small segments of the project, whether it's maybe some redundancy in power or certain things related to emergency operation systems or some very specific things around firefighter safety, you know, occupational risk, cancer, and so forth. But the majority of the building itself and the costs associated with that really are going to fall on the taxpayers. Yep. Yeah, it is too bad. And that's actually something I learned in the in the process of of looking into this issue is which is another thing that it's possible. Maybe everybody knows this. I didn't know it, though, which is that the um, all of the billions of dollars in the infrastructure bill um, that are that are floating around out there. It's all for roads. Like there's there's not there's it's not like municipal, like public works money that can be used generally. Like it's, it's all earmarked for, um, you know, for basically for road and bridge projects, um, which is great because those things need to be done too, but it's not great in the sense that, you know, we also have other needs at the local level that, you know, as, as you pointed out, it's a, uh, it makes a big difference when you can have the, the taxpayer dollars supplemented by, um, you know, some, some additional money yeah. there. <clears throat> Um, the you know the other the other part too is in looking at this you know I mean the, the I, I think one of the things that has brought this to the forefront of people's attention is the price tag um, you know we've had all these discussions there's been all these sort of false starts I mean we we um, received a little bit of money back in 2017-18 um, did a quick revisit of it and then when the town made the decision to um, at the time, the town was looking potentially putting the DPW garage down on Water Street um, and co-located with the sewer treatment plant, the wastewater treatment plant. Um, mm -hmm. When it became evident that the um, DPW was going to stay where they are in Elm Street, that I don't say that necessarily slowed the fire station project down, but then we sort of had to take a step back and it wasn't just looking at the fire station there. It was, okay, we now have this campus approach. So that was what prompted mm -hmm. um, us going back to the taxpayers to get the current $200,000 we're working on. And, you know, we had that money appropriated at town meeting um, in May of 2019. So we started working on that in fiscal year 20. And then this little thing called COVID showed up in March of 2020, which basically, you know, threw a monkey wrench into everything, which is which got us up to this point we are now. The, the benefit to the waiting, although it has increased the cost is we really are now looking at what is the best use for that site in, in its entirety. You know, looking at the community center, looking at the DPW garage, looking at the potential fire station. At some point in time, we may need to relocate or rebuild the police station. Um, you know, the Summer Street property and the Grove Street property, although the town has them now, they're prime commercial land. You know, when you look at having mm -hmm. to find something to put back on the tax rolls, you know, 16 Summer Street or 79 Grove Street are not bad places to have, you know, as taxable property in this town when you look at a, look at a return for that. So all of that was looked at in that campus approach. Um, there's been some criticism to that. I mean, there are people that say, you know, we don't even know what we're going to do with the community center. We don't know if we need a community center. Um, the town is looking this year. Um, I know they've contracted with an architectural firm to do an evaluation of that building and look at what it will take to retrofit that building, you know, HVAC, you know, building envelope stuff, um, windows and so forth. You know, one thing, <clears throat> excuse me, one thing that's nice about the timing of this project now is although there is a significant portion of the project that is designed to help create that campus and separate out the 
the casual use of the community center with the sort of emergency use of the fire department or the DPW driveway is if something changes drastically the community center, we can abandon that part of it. You know, we're not committed to that, but we are committed to ensuring that whatever we do on that site maximizes that site for the future. You know, we would hate like heck to put a roadway in to renovate the DPW and find out, oh yeah, that's where the fire station needs to go and have to tear it up and move it or or do something else. So that's that's one thing that's yeah. really good at this point is, you know, being able to take a step back. And, and the task force was really instrumental in that. I mean, the, the, I don't know if you looked at the makeup of the task force, but it's one of the documents in there. Every member of that task force is a sitting member, either a sitting member on a current border committee or somebody who has a lot of experience in the community. And we really wanted to make sure that we had those automatic liaisons to these various groups that have not only a say in how we get to where we are, but where we might go in the future. Yeah. So, so I was watching the um, budget committee hearing and that was a big part of the discussion is that this price tag includes um, parking and, and entrances for mm -hmm. the community center separate for the emergency entrance and maybe moving the space or the green space where like the, the ball court is now in front of the community center and the um, where the farmer's market can set up yeah. so that everyone can stay like safe and yeah. separated, um, which is all, it's all interesting. And there's a, quite a lot of site work. There's, yeah, there's a lot. That. The other thing too, it's a, a cost of it is the, as you, and if you look at that, a lot of that area is wet. I mean, there are wetlands. I mean, part of this whole project involves mm -hmm. um, the town is uh, acquiring through eminent domain two parcels that are currently in conservation um, owned by the Harris Center or the conservation easement are um, through the Peterborough Conservation Commission, uh, conservation covenant or easement um, through that. So the, you know, they're taking, they're, we're taking those parcels over, but the other big benefit to looking at the site as a whole and treating the site as a whole is drainage and, you know, where stormwater runoff goes and so forth. You know, part of rebuilding that road system there is it will provide protection to the wetlands that are there. It will really enhance the wetlands that are there, but also give the town an opportunity to put them back to being wetlands. Um, and, you know, by controlling the runoff, you know, making sure the roadways aren't encroaching on them and, and the rest of that. So it's it goes beyond just the safety of the site, but also the beautification and durability of that site long term. Hmm. You know, just definitely important to the people of Peterborough. Especially, yes, it you know, is. It's a, it's a prominent location. It's right off of 101. You know, it's um, you know, it's kind of as you're as you're coming into town. Um, yeah, we we talked on another episode about how that part should be beautiful. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we 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 believe on this program in in yeah. beautiful buildings. That was the first. That and, was the first and, part of seventeen, I think. Yeah. Okay. Yes, I think it was. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's a big thing. And so yeah. So tell us a little bit about um, what what comes along with this. You know, twenty three to twenty five right. so, million dollar proposal. Um, right now, the price tag. You know, that twenty three million or so price tag is, and it's important for people to look at. That's it. That's really a not to exceed price. Um, you know, one of the things when we look at this is. So I'll give you an example. When they built the library, they had an opportunity to come before the voters with a full set of plans, including engineering, 
a construction manager on site on board that had given them a guaranteed maximum price. To get to that point, they spent over a million dollars because they did the background wow. we've done. They hired someone to draw a full set of plans and do the rest of that. We're in the first part of that step. So what we're doing now is we have worked with the task force to evaluate the best use for that site. We've worked to determine what's called a program of the fire department, which identifies what we do, how we do it. And from that is the space that we need to get it done. All that material will be uploaded onto the site, with if not by the end of this week, definitely before Tuesday's um, continuation of the budget and bond hearing. The all, So that information is up there. And from there, we really looked at what can we fit on that site. So we haven't figured out final things like what the building systems are, um, you know, exactly, you know, where the windows are going to be, what the doors are going to be, you know, even although we know that it's going to be something that is renewable and green for heating, because if you might remember last year at town meeting, they passed a resolution or an article that said by 2030, the town will be 100% renewable. So, you know, we're building a building in 23, four or five, we have to meet that goal or that um, that mandate. So we haven't got all that done yet. So what you're getting for your money now or what, where we are is the concept of what the building is in terms of square footage, knowing that square footage will work within sort of that general footprint, how to lay out where your parking will be to make sure that the community center, DPW, fire department are met, um, what the driveway is, your stormwater retention and so forth. Further on down the line and even between now and May 11th, when we asked the voters to approve this project, will be um, a further refinement that will give us a better estimate as the price. Maybe we'll have nailed down, hey, this is what we feel is the best systems to install for HVAC because here's what our upfront costs are, here's what our you know life cycle costs are. Um, we'll have a lot of those other things figured out. So right now, what we're looking for, what we what we have is the knowledge that we can fit a building that will meet the current and future needs of Peterborough Fire and Rescue on that site in conjunction with our DPW and our community center and meet the mandates of the task force, which were you know, safe access for community center participants, safe access for people utilizing the fire department for non-emergency use, as well as the DPW and the emergency vehicles getting around there. Awesome. Yeah, that's great. And what what is um what's striking you the most about the because um I don't I don't know if we've we, we've alluded to these things, but the the um you guys have been doing a great job with having like a million information sessions. Um, and it it seems to me, I, unfortunately, I haven't made any of them, but it seems to me from what I'm seeing that they've been fairly well attended, um, at least in some cases. And um, what what's striking you the most about like the feedback you're getting and the questions that people are asking you from the so general I think public? The, so the biggest question, obviously, is what's the impact on my tax bill? Uh, and I mean, and that, quite frankly, I mean, and and really, that's the that's the question that taxpayers should be asking for everything we want, whether it's hiring a person or building a fire station. Um, so what's the impact on our tax bill? And we will have that number, um, you know, definitely. And one thing to understand, and you know this because you've played around with the tax stuff, it, it is going to be an absolute snapshot in time. It's like with today's mm -hmm. current valuation, with an anticipated bond rate, with an anticipated borrowing amount, this is what your impact would be per thousand. Um, but, you know, you'll mm -hmm. be able to get some generality and at least make, you know, make an idea there. So, you know, that's been the main question. What is that? And we'll have that, if not by the end of the, this week, definitely by Tuesday. Um, the other thing is 
how do you get from the 6,800, 7,000 square feet that you have now to 30,000 gross square feet? And where do you get? And one way I, I sort of look at that is you really can't look at, or you shouldn't look at this building necessarily. We moved into this building. Um, Roland Patton, who's been around for a long time, has literally been involved in every study ever done about municipal services going back to the early 2000s. You know, he said at the last task force meeting, quite frankly, the fire department outgrew this building five years after they moved into it, you know, in the late 70s. Um, really, I think the starting point is looking at what was done in that 2004 study. And in that 2004 study, they looked at about 18,000 square feet to space. Um, what's interesting when you, and we'll have a chart that shows that when you sort of line those up side by side, it didn't include things like staircases, storage rooms, janitor's closets. Also back in 2004, you didn't have any IT needs. <laughs> you didn't have mm, yeah. full exhaust capture mm. systems. You didn't have, you know, the separation of clean versus dirty for carcinogen. We also didn't have anybody living in the fire station. We had, you know, we mm -hmm. had at that point, we're just starting to have people here during the day. So the a big part of that jump is some of it is building construction itself. Walls have gotten thicker, you know, as silly as it sounds. When you have a building that size and you go to a larger wall, you go to a larger footprint. Um, so, sure. you know, construction has changed due to insulation. Uh, mechanical systems have changed. Our mission has changed. Like I said earlier, we now have four people here to serve the communities through the ambulance 24 hours a day, seven days a week. We have, you know, administrative staff, myself, a deputy chief, an admin, um, you know, and officers to perform other functions, whether it's fire prevention or, or training and so forth. So our program has grown. So really the stepping off point is 16 years ago, sort of where were we in ballparkish, you know, at some point there, we were around 22 or three, maybe 24,000 square feet. If you factor in the support spaces, um that we needed you know um, <clears throat> um from those various studies and we move it forward to to get to where we are now for the 30,000 square feet yeah it makes sense and and since the 70s since <laughs> since you guys moved in and then immediately outgrew the building the 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 scope of your operations has increased kind of dramatically, right? I mean, it's not even just about like, we've talked about the staffing, but like the amount of calls you guys get, like the amount of things that you're expected to take care yeah. of. Oh, um, yeah. I mean, the, and you're right. I mean, when you look at, you know, the, you know, the old sort of joke is if you don't know who to call, you call the fire department. But when you look at the equipment that we have, I mean, we have equipment to cover, obviously, the EMS stuff. Um, but on the fire side, you know, it's, Yes, the structural firefighting and wildland firefighting, but hazardous materials, water rescues, technical rescue stuff. Um, just the 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 depth of the equipment, um, you know, and the size of the equipment. I mean, fire trucks have gotten bigger, just as you know, a lot of our cars have gotten bigger. You know, we we carry more stuff in them. Um, <clears throat> you know, the the numbers now. We did, you know, we do almost a call a day in the fire department. We're pushing 400 calls a year on the fire department, and something somebody pointed out to me. Well, you know, what's a call? I mean, I do a call at work, and it takes me 15, 20 minutes. I mean, for us, a call could be, you know, 12 hours in the city of Keene for a fire, or a day and a half at a building fire here in Peterborough um, involving a couple dozen people. Um, and you know, the ambulance side, same thing. I mean, we do, you know, we're pushing you know, 24, 2,800 ambulance calls a year um, between our transfer service and our 911 service. And, you know, so 
Some of those are, I mean, today they did a trip to Mass General and back. So, you know, the ambulance has gone for almost five hours of traffic. Um, so that's, you know, a call yeah. for service can last hours uh, when we do that. Yeah, not really quite like picking up exactly, a phone yeah. and putting it back. To <laughs> and I think it was in the, in the budget hearing where I learned something new to me that uh, we have really specialized equipment in Peterborough partly because we don't have the networks of mutual aid that some other towns our size or even larger have that we're kind of an island. We are. I mean, the thing that's unique about Peterborough, so Peterborough is 60, you know, 6,800-ish or so, I think, if you look at the numbers, you know, Jaffrey and Ringe are, are fairly close to that. But when you look at, you know, ambulance, for example, Peterborough is the only community between really Milford or Amherst, you know, they're side by side, but Milford, Amherst, and Keene that has any full-time staff dedicated to EMS, um, Regional Medical Services. Nobody else around here does. Um, Jaffrey Ambulance, they staff their ambulance daytime, Sauhegan Valley and New Ipswich staffs theirs, but they're all staffed with part-time per diem people. Um, Antrim Ambulance to the north of us, <clears throat> excuse me, is still an all-call service. Um, so we have that. We also staff paramedics. So a lot of the equipment that we have is related to the service delivery paramedics give. On the fire side, and there is a lot of cooperation, but you're right, Zoe, There, we don't have a lot of depth on the fire side. We are very fortunate due to the makeup of our community that we still have an active fire department. We are still lucky to get 8, 10, 12 people to every, you know, serious incident that we have for fires. And that's not necessarily true around us. And it's, it's you know, look at a, a Dublin or a Hancock, um, those communities, they're a different demographic. They're a much smaller community. Um, they don't have the depth of people in terms of age and and so forth that can can look to support your fire. I mean, they're, they're active departments, they do it, but we we rely very heavily on ourselves and we are well positioned to provide a lot of support in the area. Um, so yeah, I mean, that that is just, that is a reality of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, and um, and Zoe, I know you you had some questions about like other, you know, the how it works with the other towns, and right, right. Um, so on the ambulance side, in particular, my understanding is that Peterborough at this point is really providing ambulance service for what what adds up to be a community almost twice as large as Peterborough itself. Yep. We have, so our 911 ambulance service has contracts with Dublin, Hancock, Francistown, Temple, and Sharon, in addition to Peterborough. So for those six communities, we provide 911 ambulance service. So we are their transport ambulance. So that's a population of about 13.5. So yeah, it pretty much is, you know, twice what the residential population is in Peterborough. Um, as I mentioned a little bit earlier, we staff at least one, if not two paramedics every day. So paramedics are, there are three levels of ambulance providers, really. Um, you have your basic EMTs who essentially do um, the care they provide is non, there's no real interventions, no real, you know, we don't start IVs. We don't do a lot of medications. Um, we'll do some critical, you know, we'll do Narcan, we'll do epinephrine. We can, you know, CPAP, things like that. But really when you get into um, things that are significantly invasive, that's your AMT or then your paramedic and your paramedics get to do a lot of really, you know, I mean, really cool medicine in the field. Um, you know, a lot of it's, you know, sort of emergency room 
uh, on par with emergency rooms. We have, with our paramedic staff, Antrim, Jaffrey, or Sauhegan don't always have paramedics available. And because quite often they're coming towards Manhattan Community Hospital, our paramedics are providing that advanced level of care to their patients. So in terms of transport ambulance, yeah, we're over 13,000 people, you know, 13,5, 13,6, about twice what our Peterborough's population is. And that's done through contract. Those towns pay for that service. And then, you know, the other folks that come in around us um, that we're providing ALS care for, you know, those patients are being billed or the services are being billed through our through our billing agreements. And that that jumps the population up even higher, you know, even probably to, you know, somewhere in the 20 to 30,000 population range in Red and Greenville, New Ipswich, Ringe, Jaffrey, Antrim, and Bennington. Hmm. Yeah, see, sometimes on this program and, and on gomanadnock.com, we, so this is where my mind goes when I, when I hear these numbers and talk about these towns is, you know, we talk about the fact that, you know, it's not inconceivable to some anyways, that in the future you could see Peterborough itself expanding its, its territorial borders. And, and, you know, here for those who feel that way, this seems like a, a great case for it since we're already sort of providing these services for, uh, these well, other I don't know towns. if you necessarily need to look at expanding your borders per se, um, although, I mean, king of the world would be kind of fun. But um, the, yeah. but <laughs> the yeah. other side of it, too, is looking at a lot of this, and I'll, you know, I'll use even within our own department. I mean, years and years and years ago, the town of Peterborough was called a heavy rescue or a rescue truck, which has a lot of, you know, really fancy specialized equipment for rescues. Um, Peterborough bought a used ladder truck at one point in time and then, you know, was convinced the taxpayers um, that, the value of that vehicle that they had, so they replaced it with a new truck, which is the one that we currently have in service. Um, at that point in time, you know, Jaffrey was heavily invested in, in having a rescue truck. Peterborough gave up its heavy rescue, knowing that Jaffrey right next door has that heavy rescue. We have our ladder truck. So, you know, we go to all the fires in Jaffrey with our ladder truck. We have a significant, you know, car crash or some other industrial accident. We start Jaffrey right away with their rescue. So we have started to, although it's not a formal regionalization, there already is some understanding amongst ourselves of what those resources are and, and where they are. Um, you know, the same thing is true with our general mutual aid. I mean, if we have a fire in Peterborough right now, if a building catches on fire in Peterborough, they're automatically starting firefighters from Jaffrey, from Dublin, from Temple, from Hancock. You know, two or three of the nearest communities come in head right to that scene um, because you don't know, like I said, we're fortunate to get eight or 10 or 12 people, but we also might only get three. So we start, mm -hmm. we start yeah. that mutual aid right away. Um, and the same thing's true of all the other communities around us. We, we all rely very heavily on each other um, for, you know, really to, to make fire protection work in any of our communities. Yeah. I, I think that's really great that you guys kind of have this ad hoc, um, you know, cooperation arrangement. And that that's really great. There's probably not much hope in getting any of the other towns to chip in on the building. Well, now, I mean, huh? in, from the standpoint of the ambulance service, I mean, the way it currently works now is, you know, the ambulance, the the operational costs for this building are split between the ambulance service and the fire service. I'm um, using an allocated formula based on the amount of wear and tear they put in the building and so forth. Uh, and the same thing will hold true in that building. So, when it comes to, um, although not directly necessarily offsetting the initial construction costs of that building, 
a lot of the operating costs and, you know, at some point in time, potentially uh, bond costs will be offset by that ambulance service. Um, but you're right. I mean, yeah, it's not a question if we can't, you know, we, you know, we can't walk around with a, you know, coffee cup and ask for donations, um, <laughs> you know, from other people for, you know, for our fire station, but it, it, you know, the ambulance service will benefit. And, and again, those operating costs are spread across those towns that benefit from our ambulance service. That being said, um, although we're going to a much larger building, you know, the, the, when we, we will have hopefully by May, some idea of life cycle costs or, um, what building operation costs are going to be in the future. Um, it will be an incredibly efficient building. I mean, you know, the, it's, it's going to be a brand new building. It's going to have high efficiency heating and cooling systems in it. It's going to be airtight. It's, you know, it's not going to be, uh, you know, building that was built in the forties, um, that, you know, with it's literally it's original boiler, um, and you know, other, other stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. That reminds me, I was going to ask earlier when we were kind of talking about some of this stuff, cause that's a, that's a kind of key point, right? What, what we're proposing here is not a building that you guys are going to grow out of in 2027, but something that is, is really built for, the long term. Oh my God. Yeah. I right. mean, the, you know, for yeah. the architect, I mean, they, they, they design the building or go into the building with the understanding that pretty much you get 50 guaranteed years out of exactly what you've got there, you know, and then you may have to start looking at, you know, whether it's some renovations or significant changes, but yeah, I mean, we're in, not only are we building something for um, the structurally itself but we've taken a really hard look and and had conversations you know amongst ourselves and with you know the administration of the town about sort of where we look at things going and you know the ambulance service is it is where it is i mean we you know with manana community hospital in town i mean we're 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 probably never not going to have any ambulance service here, you know, uh, where it is and you know same thing with the fire department i mean we're always going to have a lot of things beyond a resident, you know, although it's primarily a residential community, when you look at some of the hazards we have as a fire department, we have a hospital, we have a high school, we have a middle school, we have an elementary school, we have, you know, one dedicated nursing home, we have, you know, up two major apartment complexes, we have four other senior living facilities, we have New Hampshire ball bearing, you know, as a, as a large yeah, I was employer. Say, there was an explosion oh, yeah. There. I mean, we, you know, so although we're a town of 6,800, when you look at the level of service that our fire department needs, I mean, just our downtown, the size and scale of some of the buildings, I mean, we, there's, there's a big need for fire protection in this community going beyond just what a simple residential community is. Yeah, I think that's pretty important to point out. Um, that's great. Yeah, and I mean, like my my thinking about the whole thing, and I I really appreciate the the deliberate approach that you guys are taking in terms of you know even between now and May, some of the you know the information that that you're going to be rolling out. And I mean, the the facts are what they are. It's it, when you really look at it, it's pretty difficult for anybody. And I fortunately, I don't see a lot of people uh, trying to make the alternate argument. But it's it's really difficult from my perspective to deny that we we need a building. We we need we we, we got to do this. And um, you know, the obviously there's the continued concern about the, mm -hmm. about the tax bill and, you know, everybody's pinched right now for a number of reasons. Um, but 
There's also, and we talk about this a lot on this program, we definitely talked about it in episode 17, but like the, um, I think that there's a growing understanding, or at least I hope that there is, <laughs> I, I try to uh, engender this growing under- understanding among people um, who are, say, you know, my age approaching 40, there's a lot of us, we're a very big um, mm-hmm. generation, and, and we're going to have to pay for a lot of things in taxes because they're just sort of coming due. And um, they a lot in a lot of cases they've been delayed as long as they can be. In some cases, probably longer than they should have been. And um, we, part, part of our our story is going to be footing the bill, and that's and that's the way that it is. And I think that if you know between now and May, if you guys are are able to really kind of you know you talked about life cycle costs and and you know efficiency savings and things like that, but you know, can when the breakdown comes out and, and we're able to really look at specifics, if it can be demonstrated to people that, you know, it, it, everything's been looked at, the things of, you know, and, and I'm sure you're going to do this, right? I'm not, I, I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but I think that, I think that that's, that's how this gets passed, whether it's this year or next year um, or whatever else it's, you know, the ability to kind of show a little bit of give and take and, and, a you know, and a diligence on that part, which, like I said, I, I have a feeling that you're going to be showing to people is really going to be key to, to getting people to wrap themselves around. Yeah, it. no, you're absolutely right. And it is it is incredibly difficult. I mean, I so from the standpoint of sort of the fire station in general, I mean, I've been I've been in the fire service since I was 18. I mean, and, you know, and I've been in, you know, leadership management roles for 20 years now um, in in the fire service and for the residents that have this has been percolating in the background. I mean, they probably paid attention. Hey, we gave some money for a study. We looked at this, you know, little, little blips here and there, but to all of a sudden get assaulted with a 20 something million dollar price tag for a building and try to wrap your head around, okay, they're in a 7,000 square foot building that I've never seen. And now they want a 30,000 square foot building. that's going to cost me 20 something million dollars how do we get here? How do we get here? And the average person has no idea, like you said, that there's been 20 years worth of work going into this, that the, the, the task force was formed to look at what was really in the best interest of the community as a whole and understand that we, we have gone through a very systematic process to, um, determine exactly what we need for square footage, realizing that, you know, the, what we do equates to square footage, which equates to dollars. Um, and, and we've gone through that. And it is not only is it expected, but it's also really important that people pay attention to this and understand this because it's, I think that, yes, nobody, nobody disagree. We'll be hard pressed to find someone who says you don't need a new facility um, <clears throat> in there. But, you know, getting people to understand why we're looking at the facility we're looking at and how we got to this facility is what is challenging for people. And, you know, it's a huge it's a huge dollar amount. It's a huge building. Um, Tyler Ward, who's the current chair of the select board, you know, at the last task force meeting, you know, made the comment and I'm, I'm paraphrasing. But essentially, you know, this is probably the largest project the town of Peterborough has ever had to pay for. Um, and may ever have to pay for. And as we're 
having this conversation with the public, getting them to understand not only the criticality of the need itself, but the the process that we went through to figure out where we are and how we got here and why it is what it is um, and understand that. And unfortunately, you know, when you mentioned and I, I would love to think that we can get 60, you know, over 60 percent of the voters to say, yes, you're right. This is not only is this project a needed project, but now is the right time to do it in May. Um, you know, but if we don't, um, you know, we will continue to move forward because now we have we have the momentum. Uh, momentum maybe isn't the right word. We have the we have broad understanding of not only the need, but of what the impact of that need is and how that's going to fit into the town as a whole. And and, you know, it's to you know, and I think you 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 said it in, in the previous um, episode, this project's not going to get any cheaper. It's not going to become less expensive to do that. This The need is not going to go away. You know, there's going to be a question like, well, if I don't put the addition on my house now, five years, the kids will move out and I won't need it anyway. I mean, that's not, you know, that's not where we are here. Um, you know, this right. is a much, this is, this is a need that isn't going to, I mean, it's a need that's been here and, and we're, we are finally at a point where we're able to have this discussion out in the open, and, and like you said, get get the get the community um, get the community engaged, get the community interested. I mean, we have we've had a bunch of public engagement sessions, and we've had people stop in the station. We've had people stop. You know, we did a booth at Night Market. We did um, an open house at the station here. We did some stuff. At the, we did a program at the community center in July. Um, we've you know, right or wrong, had a lot of conversation on social media. Um, you know, there was an article today in the union ledger uh union leader excuse me uh megan pierce's article ran in the union leader today so we are starting to get a lot and i really you know just to reinforce what you said a few minutes ago encourage people with questions or concerns to reach out to me reach out to you know, nicole mcstay as the town administrator um you know with these questions check facebook i mean they'll also be on the website but there's um and i don't know when this is you know, when we'll air, but we're looking to do probably every week at some point in time, just to drop in informal session at the fire station. Hey, when you have, you know, we have one coming up this weekend. We did one on the weeknight. We'll do one on the weekend evening. Um, and anybody who wants to tour, anybody who wants to see it, come down and take a look. Um, look at us. We'll go over, you know, sort of explain where those deficiencies are, what they are, what we're trying to overcome with the new building um, and with that, with, with that new facility. That's awesome. Yeah, this this episode, I'm I'm ho hopefully we'll get it out on Monday. Okay. Um. So we'll miss we'll miss this that's weekend, fine. but that's really great. Oh, yeah, to know. absolutely. That's what I was yeah. Ask as, we, as we wrap things up, though, that that this is going to be ongoing, and that you guys are going to continue having absolutely. sessions. And um, and yeah, and that's uh, yeah, you preempted me there too. I was going to ask like what you know who should people talk yeah. to or whatever, but that's great. So people can reach I'm, out directly. I'm to easy you to get a hold of. Yeah, my contact info, as is Nicole's, are both on the town's website, so it's easy. Yeah, I think that's great. And we can we can pop a lot of info in oh, the yeah. show notes. We will. Yeah. Yes, exactly. Yeah, we'll put we'll put right, down. right in there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Zoe, was there anything else that we wanted to cover? I don't think so. I, somebody in the in the budget hearing said it's it's too bad that people didn't pay attention to this until they got stuck <laughs> with that price tag. But you know that's that's the way these things are. I think sometimes, and it does seem like people are. Yeah, yeah I, I, think, not, I think that's. A People exactly. are paying attention now. Yeah, so and there, and there was there's so much 
there's so much constantly going on. It's hard to figure like sort of what is chatter and what you actually have to pay attention to. And obviously, 20 something million dollars you need to pay attention to. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe, we, you know, if not, if not the little alms cup, maybe we can have big yeah. sales in those other yeah, towns. Absolutely. Get them to <laughs> chip in a yeah. little somehow. <laughs> We're over there and shame them. <laughs> a shame bell parade. I'll I'll, like I'll go, I'll go down to like I don't know, like Temple on the Common or something, and hold the yep. sign. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, Chief Walker, thank you so much for taking the time, and uh, not just to come on our program, but to continue having all of these public information sessions, and to to really, you know, do the work, and it's not easy work of um, conveying to people what's going on here and, and what we really need as a town for our future. Yeah, no, I mean, this is a very important project. And, you know, as you said, I mean, if not now, when, um, and, and get this out and, and continue to move this forward and get people talking about it, get people to understand not only the need, but the fact that there, this is, this is the time to do it. I mean, just, just a whole bunch of factors coming together in terms of this, this really is the time for us as a community to do this. I like it. All right. That's a great note, uh, note to end on. Um, that's going to be our entire program for this episode. So thank you all for joining us in the Space Lounge. And please, you know, uh, t- take some of the advice that we've shared on this program. Reach out to Chief Walker if you have any questions. This is worth grappling with, wrestling with, regardless of where you may land on the issue. And um, I think more than anything, though, it's great to know that um, those who are tasked with making these things happen really are thinking about the whole picture.